What's going on? Welcome to another episode of the Fantasy Football Fellas Podcast. All three fellas hanging out with you here on a Wednesday evening. Lucas, Cameron, and Tyler here. It is Wednesday, April 13th. Fellas, how are we doing tonight? Hanging in there. It's hump day. Did you see the weather? I'm just kidding. It's been terrible again. Like, it was looking good. And now it's going to be cold all week. All week. I was so ready. You know, the golf course opened up near me. There I you go. I my clubs at my house. I was ready. at the day off Friday. I was ready to go. And it's supposed to be 36 degrees with a 15-mile-an-hour wind. See, I can, appreciate, I, can, I can appreciate we added a golf twist into this at least, and we didn't just... I mostly did it to, to throw a flashback and just poke fun again, but I'm oh, ready no, for the I golf can... course. I'm ready for oh, it. After that Masters weekend, I'm, I'm that's what I'm saying. My swing ready. Oh, I'm I'm good. I've been playing PGA 2K21 again. I got back oh, into that haven't. a little bit just oh, to just to swing around a little bit. Look, yeah, I'm, <laughs> I'm craving it. Scheffler three putting on the last hole it just got me ready to go. Ready to go oh. three putt my own hole at. Oh. Whatever golf course. We live for three putts here. I mean. I'm glad we started with this now and you brought up the Masters because I need everybody to go back and listen to the last episode. And my two picks to win the Masters took first and second. <laughs> Except I got them flipped. <laughs> oh. I took Rory. I wanted, I had Rory to win. And I mentioned, I said, I really like Scotty Shuffler. And then, of course, Scotty Shuffler wins it. And then Rory takes second, which I, 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 I had to give myself a little. Gas myself up a little bit there. If you do go back, though, like just skip the part where I talk because Brooks <laughs> didn't do so hot. Yeah, at least Tyler had Morikawa, who <laughs> was top five. Brooks didn't even make the cut, but you know, yeah. <laughs> whatever. So when we do golf props on this podcast, listen to Ten. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Don't listen to me. <laughs> oh, we are going, man. This is this is a it's exciting. We're working towards the NFL draft here. Um, now that the Masters is over, it feels like we're turning this corner into heavy, heavy NFL content now um, as the draft is approaching here very quickly. So we uh, we are going to continue breaking down uh, our rookie prospects this week and what potential fantasy value they may have. Uh, we did quarterbacks last week, so if you want to go listen to our thoughts on Malik Willis, Kenny Pickett, and the likes, uh, you can go listen to that podcast from last week. We will be breaking down the rookie running backs this week. Man, there are a lot of them, but we'll only be going through a few of them since only a few of them will likely have fantasy value off of the bat. But we will first start uh, with news and notes from around the league. Uh, and uh, this this is never a piece of news that I ever want to share on this podcast, but we also need to share it. Dwayne Haskins this past weekend involved in a fatal accident at the age of 24. And when you put that into perspective, this isn't this is not trying to make this introspective about us, but that's our age. We are we are the same age as Dwayne Haskins. And you put that in perspective, and that is far too soon for a man who was making a career in the NFL, was was making it big, like every every kid wants to. And to have that just ripped away at such a young age is is incredibly sad. So we, we send our prayers and condolences to his family. Um, there's, I don't know how much more I even want to share on that. It is, it, it's just devastating news. 
there's no good way to, to turn a corner out of that. Um, so we'll continue on with other news from around the league. Uh, Brandon Cooks signed a two-year $39 million deal with the Texans and $36 million guaranteed. And all I have to say is good for Brandon Cooks. No good for Brandon Cooks. Playing on the Texans uh, organization the past few years and, and playing with everybody not named Deshaun Watson. Uh, if you can name me any other quarterback that wasn't Davis Mills. Uh, <laughs> Tyler Taylor for a bit, but good for Brandon Cooks. Getting his bag. Well-deserved. Well-deserved $18 million a year, guaranteed. Uh, Melvin Gordon visited the Baltimore Ravens this past weekend as well. Uh, Melvin Gordon, I'm, I'm going to need you to listen to me here. Uh, uh, whatever the Baltimore Ravens have to offer you, I need you to ink that ASAP. Ink that deal ASAP as possible uh, because I am a Javante Williams manager in my dynasty league. Uh, and let me tell you, when I say I am so looking forward to top 10 Javante Williams in fantasy football, I am very much looking forward to that. And that involves you getting out of the, the Denver Broncos organization. So whatever the Baltimore Ravens have to offer you, I, I pray that you just ink that deal, please. Uh, do, do me a favor on behalf of, of all Javante Williams managers in fantasy football. Um, that's all I have to say. Just pretty please. Well, I'm a little disappointed because I was pushing a very heavy pro J.K. Dobbins um, <laughs> agenda. And then, you know, this whole thing has come out where he's not <laughs> might not even be ready for the start of the season. So I just want to clarify that when I was pushing that agenda, I did it with the mindset that, like, he was going to be healthy. So this is not me being a bad fantasy football analyst. This is just J.K. Dobbins being a bad recovery-ish <laughs> person. <laughs> How dare you, J.K.? Have a, have, have a better body, would you? It's, it's got to be the training staff because Gus Edwards isn't going to be ready either. So, I mean, they both had plenty. Of, they both had a full year. Yes. Uh, not that I mean, not that all all ACL injuries are the same, but regardless, Cam Akers played in the playoffs. You should be ready. That's on the staff. Look, they didn't. They didn't have Eric Sugarman. There's no way they were going to be ready in time. Yeah. Shame on Baltimore. Yeah, but but that but that's the thing. This really takes a hit then if Melvin Gordon doesn't de land in Baltimore and and I I I don't know if he actually does because talks haven't re- all it was is that he visited. Talks haven't really escalated or anything since, right? <laughs> so should he sign in Baltimore? I mean that obviously puts a big damper on J.K. Dobbins's value. For how long though, right? I think that's dependent on the deal, right? Because if Gordon sign, I mean if Gordon signs a one year deal, I mean I then you're just worried about J.K. Dobbins this year, and you're just kind of stuck in a holding pattern with him because he could take over the backfield again. But if it's a two-year deal, like, what do you even do with J.K. Dobbins in Dynasty then? Yeah, I, if it's a multiple-year deal, man, it'd be hard not to treat him like Clyde edwards right now. Oh, yes. You know, That's because... Great. That's great. Two guys that you were kind of hopeful for. I mean, Dobbins, we kind of saw at the end of that um, 20, whatever, 2020... Like, he had a great stretch where he was putting up, like, 18 fantasy points a game. But Clyde's had good stretches, too. They just can't stay healthy. And then it kind of feels like the team is moving off of them pretty quickly. So if if it's a multiple-year deal, I would be looking to sell them for probably, like, a first um, dynasty. I mean, if you can get one. But I don't know. I would be, I would be very concerned having J.K. Dobbins in dynasty if that happens. 
I think I would go trade it for a win now piece at that point. Because I don't want to sit around and wait two years for J.K. Dobbins to happen. And if someone can mm-hmm. afford to rebuild, I'm trying to think of like a, a win now running back. Would you? Oh, here, here's an interesting one. Would you trade Aaron Jones for J.K. Dobbins at Dynasty if Melvin Gordon signs with uh, the Baltimore Ravens? If I'm trying to win in the, for the next two years, then yes, I would. What about I can't you? Tyler? I'm saying that. I know. Would you do that? I know. It's crazy that. Like, just think about that off the top of my head. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> Probably just I like the current state of affairs in Green Bay. They do not have many um, players that can make plays happen. Right. In other words, Green Bay has like one playmaker, and his name is Aaron Jones. So I think I would make that make that change, but be very very cautious after what we've seen. I think you would have to sweeten it up with a few pick swaps along the way, include a few other pieces in the deal. But, like, I think that could be a centralized trade package. And, like, that's crazy to say. That's – I can't believe I just said that on the podcast. But I think I, I think I would do it too. Because like, I'm still, like, fairly in on Aaron Jones this year. Like, I think I only have him and J.K. Dobbins, like, four spots apart. Which is – I can't believe that. But at any rate – um, interesting speculation, but we'll we'll talk about that more. Should that actually should that signing actually happen? Uh, last piece of news we have uh, just today: Derek Carr, three-year, hundred and twenty million dollar deal. Suck on that, Kirk Cousins is overpaid haters. Suck on that. Now Derek Carr's making forty million a year. He's overpaid too. Oh, but it's okay, you know, because he has Devontae it, Adams. It's okay. Yeah, and they went to the playoffs and. We're so good in the the playoffs. They they fought so hard, so it's okay that he get paid that much. <laughs> they fought so hard that they brought in a new system. They brought in a new coach. They they rebuilt their organization because of it. <laughs> They're in the same spot as we are. Yeah. Let's be 100%. real. Let's be real with ourselves. Except we have a division we can win. They do not. They do not. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know if anybody actually thinks the Raiders are going to win that division outside of Raiders fans. I think they have, I mean, they don't have a zero chance, but they certainly don't have a Chargers or Broncos chance. No, it's not over 25%. If, if that, I'd say like, like 15. Yeah, I was going to say, oh, I'd yeah, give no. between 15 and 20. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Derek Carr gets his bag. I don't know. Maybe it's deserved. Maybe it isn't. I mean, I suppose if you're like a top 12 quarterback, top 13, 14 quarterback in the NFL, you're just going to make $40 million a year now, and that's just how this is going to work, which I suppose yep. is fine. But All right. Got through all the news. Uh, let's move on to question of the day, which actually uh, plays off of one of our pieces of news. Real quick, I'm going to yep. apologize to the listeners. If that transition did not come through, we've realized we've realized over the past couple episodes that for whatever reason the transitions just don't make it, and because of low budget productions over here at the Fantasy Football Fellows, on behalf of the fellows, I offer our sincerest and deepest apologies for the blank of silence that you get. So what I've noticed is if you clip, if I clip it. We do get the transition to come through. So, 
if it doesn't come through, I will clip the transition so everyone can hear it. We can post that. <laughs> Go listen on TikTok. I'll add it back. We'll in. just be posting our transitions. That's all we're going to be posting there for the next week. All of us is a blank snare. Wait for Lucas to hit the button. <laughs> click it, Lucas. Click it. Click it. <laughs> Question of the day comes from TikTok. Chain Gang Games. How high is too high to draft Javante Williams? And this is great because the hype on Javante is getting huge again. Like it, it was like it was big right away after the season. Everyone's like, Melvin Gordon's gone. The season's over. He's gone. And then everyone's like, wait, Melvin Gordon might return. <laughs> and, then, and then it got real quiet. And then this piece of news came on. Everyone's like, Javante Williams. Uh, so how high is too high to draft Javante Williams? So I just read in my running back rankings. I got one JT, two CMC. Three Henry. Four Dalvin Cook. After Cook, I would consider taking Javante Williams. So he's in that mix of for me, Javante, DeAndre Swift, um, Austin Eckler, and Joe Mixon. I think that's a fair place to have him. Yeah, you have him as your running back eight currently. Mm-hmm. I think that's totally fair. Yeah, I think I think there's well, you're oh Tyler, you have some. You need to get off your chest right now. Clearly, we, we were joking before we started recording. I was like, okay, whatever Lucas says, take it two steps back. <laughs> As a Javante Williams I, manager, I, I may actually have to say, take two steps back from what Cam said. I wow, you would be willing to put him at number five. So I, I would not. I would take him at eight. That is where I have you him. Would take so him at it'd eight. probably end up being like, you know, because you throw in Cooper Cup, it'd probably be like ten. But if you took him at five, I would not bet an eye at it. Okay. Okay. I just needed the clarification because, like I said, <laughs> um, I'll, I'll say, like, I don't know what my rankings are at. They're way – they need to be updated. But right yeah, now – Yeah, Javante Williams needs to move up your rankings. That's all I'm going to say. Where do I have him at right now? Where do I have him at right uh, now? You have uh, well, he, he's at sixteen. I won't give the names oh. of who's ahead oh, oh, of him because the people oh. will come after you with pitchforks and and torches. So uh, I was saying how Cam may need to take two steps back. Those two steps back, I will take those steps forward. So I'll probably put him somewhere between that like ten to thirteen range. Mm-hmm. Here's what we're gonna do after I give my take. We're gonna play a name game. Oh, because no. this feels like the perfect case. This feels like the perfect time to play a name game with Javante Williams. Uh, I have Javante. <clears throat> current, oh, excuse me. I have Javante as my uh, running back ten currently, and this is like I am hedging my optimism because should um, Melvin Gordon actually ink a deal somewhere else? And I'm waiting until I like when the report comes out that Melvin Gordon signs a deal somewhere else. I am waiting 48 hours until I actually update my rankings and increase my optimism on Javante Williams. Like that's how cautious I am being because with Melvin Gordon in town, Javante Williams is like, he's a top 15 running back, right? Like I'd put him at like 15 probably. Uh, But with, with, without Melvin Gordon, like I don't think it's unrealistic to say he has top five upside but I need Melvin Gordon to ink that deal somewhere else first. So I have Javante Williams at 10, but should uh, Javante ink a deal somewhere else? I mean, Cameron, I think you're spot on. Like I like I'm looking at my rankings. I have Jonathan Taylor, CMC, Eckler, Derrick Henry, Dalvin cook, Deandre Swift. 
and I might like I might put him ahead of Joe Mixon. If not, he'd be right after, which mm-hmm. would put him as my running back seven, seven or eight. I think I would have him at. So uh, how early is too early? Probably top five. But after that, if Melvin Gordon inks a deal somewhere else that is very conditional, I'm all for it then. That's where I'm at. All right, little name like game. It. Little name game. Javante Williams or blank running back. Uh, Javante Williams, Jonathan Taylor. Jonathan Taylor. Yeah, JT. Yep. Uh, Jonathan Taylor, Christian McCaffrey. CMC. The, the public's going to hate us all for that. CMC. Fade the public. Uh, Javante Williams or Austin Eckler. Eckler. Austin Eckler. I would take Eckler as well. Javante Williams or Derrick Henry. Derrick Henry. Derrick Henry. I'll take Derrick Henry as well, though I, I I think we do need to have a conversation about Derrick Henry at some point for fantasy, but that's a different conversation for another time. Uh, Javante Williams or Dalvin Cook? Cook. Dalvin Cook. Dalvin Cook, I agree. Uh, DeAndre Swift or Javante Williams? Swift. Go oh, Swift. Swift, I can kind of see. That's kind of where I start to see the argument. Because yeah. my argument against Javante Williams is we haven't seen him take out a Fort workload. Whereas Swift, you know, like, even though he was great last year, he really didn't have a full workload either, except for, like, four weeks. You know, right. Because he was kind of split in time. So I th- I'm going to lean Swift, but that one's very close for me. Yeah, I think it becomes – I think that's where it becomes a conversation. If not, like, mm-hmm. I'd even argue it becomes a conversation at Dalvin Cook. Um, yeah. That Tyler gave me the eyes of, like, you're joking. Um, I, I still favor Dalvin, but, like, if someone were to say, I take Javante over Dalvin, I'd entertain their argument, though I'd probably disagree with it. Like if you tell me Javante over Jonathan Taylor, CMC, Austin Eckler, I'm like you're you're crazy, you're crazy. Um, okay, uh, I agree. I'm still taking Swift. People are like he hasn't played a full season yet. Yeah, just go look at every other top five running back that hasn't played a full season yet. Uh, <laughs> it's the worst argument in the world. The two worst arguments against DeAndre Swift are he hasn't played more than 13 games in a season, and Jared Goff is his quarterback. I go look at his freaking numbers from last year, and then come back and talk to me. I don't care what you have to say. Um, I'm very passionate about that. Joe Mixon or Javante Williams? This is where it gets interesting. I'm still taking Joe. Yeah, I'll lean Mixon. I think this is where I lean Javante, mostly because I personally have just been burned by Mixon too many times, even after his great season last year. It's one of those where, like, I'm like, this is my this might be where my bias kicks in, right? Of like, I have anti Mixon feelings, but also like pro Javante feelings. So. I, I think I would lean Javante there, though, like, come draft time, when Joe Mixon or Javante stared me in the face, uh, I'd probably change my opinion in a heartbeat and then take Joe Mixon. So that's where I think I'm, like, truly torn. Uh, Najee or, or, or Javante? Najee. Javante. So, Tyler, you're still taking Najee? Yes. Volume? Exactly. Volume. Even without even without Melvin Gordon, both Javante and Melvin Gordon had over 200 touches last year. Mm-hmm. We're talking without Melvin Gordon, like 320 touches for Javante probably. It's close. Sure. But when you look at the current state of the offenses, and you look at Denver, yes, Javante's a very good rusher, very good running back to have. That offense, I think, is going to be a lot more balanced than I think what Pittsburgh is going to be. I can agree with that. 
Uh, my big worry is that Pittsburgh's big upgrade at offensive line was freaking Mason Cole, who Minnesota traded a sixth-round pick for. <laughs> I mean, they made other upgrades on the line, don't get me wrong, but, like, the interior of that line, I don't yep. know. I, I'm, I'm a bit nervous. Um, so I'm going to take the guy who I feel is probably – I mean, they're both going to get insane volume probably. So I, I think I would lean Javante personally. But, yep. I, I, again, the argument is there. This is why we have this conversation. Mm-hmm. Uh, Alvin Kamara, Javante Williams. I think I. Hmm. You see, so I have Camaro lower. I have him outside my top ten, but that is like you with the expect, expectation have, of a suspension. I have Camaro at nine, so yes, I agree. I'm, I'm, I'm like anticipating that. So without the suspension, I'm still taking Camaro. Yeah, I'm with yeah, you. Yeah, we'll, we'll assume without without suspension. Okay, then I'm taking Camaro yeah. slightly. Yeah, I would agree, because I think then Kamara goes into the, the Dalvin Cook-DeAndre Swift range, right? Mm-hmm. right. Of, of which one of those three do you prefer, and then Javante enters. So, I agree with that. Uh, I we, we can chat a few more names. Leonard Fournette, Javante Williams. Javante. Javante. Uh, Javante as well. David Montgomery, Javante Williams. <laughs> Javante. I'm Javante probably for the rest. I know I'm doing this more so for Tyler to see him like debate oh, himself in agony. <laughs> Things that make sense, you know that meme. This question is not in that meme. <laughs> um, oh man, ask me on a certain day, and I might say Montgomery, but I think right now I'm going to say Javante. Nick Chubb, Javante Williams. That's the last. Oh, no, Javante. Skill wise, I'm taking Chubb. Fantasy, taking Javante. Fantasy, I'm taking Javante. I just Nick Chubb could be top five without Kareem Hunt, and with Kareem Hunt, I I do think his ceiling is capped at like running back seven. So I will take Javante there as well. Well, thanks for engaging in that, uh, I, Tyler. I know how much you hate name games, and that's why we're going to play them more on this podcast. So <laughs> just get you get used to them. <laughs> I've been I've been used to them, and it just pains me every time. I'm just waiting I for love- the time that we're going to talk about generational talent, Malik Willis, compared to. Jalen Hurts, and I'm going to have an aneurysm on the on a live recording. <laughs> live draft night. Ugh. Generational talent Malik Willis goes eight to the Atlanta Falcons, and Tyler just falls over in his chair. My, Mar- my Marcus Mariota dreams would... Uh, I don't even want to think about that. That would be devastating. Devastating. Uh, well, speaking of rookies oh. in the NFL draft, let's transition to our rookie running back talk. Please come through. I think it's a, please, please. I think it's please. a no-brainer. <laughs> Throughout the rest of the episode, whatever, so please. <laughs> please. <laughs> I think it's a no-brainer who uh, the consensus running back one is uh, across everybody's board for rookie running backs, and that's Brees Hall. Uh, I've seen a few people who are like, actually, I really like Kenneth Walker, and I, and I do agree. I like Kenneth Walker, but I don't think he's Brees Hall. Like, there, there is differences between the two where Brees does just end up outshining Kenneth Walker. When you when you go across all college tape and, and 
literally their entire college careers, right? Uh, so, Tyler, what what makes Brees Hall the consensus running back one across almost every single draft board that I have looked at, that everybody's looked at? Uh, he he does everything. He's yeah. got speed. He's got some power to him. He's got some elusiveness to him. Um, but I think the most the the thing that I'm most impressed with about Brees Hall is that the guy refuses to go down. And I mentioned this in a TikTok earlier today. Over the past three seasons, he's broken 194 tackles. Again, like, yeah, that's right, 194. That's almost, insane. Almost 200 broken tackles. So, like I said, the guy refuses to go down. He got all the work you you want in a running back coming out of college. So he, he's used to a rushing game workload. He was also using the receiving game. So we checked to me, he's the running back that checks off all of, if not most of all boxes when it comes to prospects in the NFL draft. He, I've seen people say like he, like, and, and, and we don't have to have this conversation, but I've seen people like compare him to like Najee Harris, right? Or like, like almost the same level of talent, but he's just not getting the same attention and hype that Najee Harris was, which I think is like very telling, but I don't think he's going to go first round. I don't know. I'll hear. So here, maybe that would be the question that I did not prep you for. Um, does Brees Hall have any shot of going first round this year? I feel like, I feel like he should, but when you, mm-hmm. it, 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 you, you will never see a running back go top 20. That's just not the NFL that we play in now. So you look at the back end of the first round, there's only really like one team that I could realistically see draft Brees Hall, and that's Buffalo. But do I think Buffalo will spend a first-round draft pick on a running back? I don't think so. I just there, – there's – the teams that could have have given up their first-round picks, except for the Buffalo mm-hmm. Bills. But I like I don't think their need will be at running back. I just don't they don't do that. They don't take early running backs based on history. So I'm I'm behind you there. Um, if there is any weaknesses to Brees Hall's game, right there, I mean there obviously is. But you know we've talked a lot of good about Brees Hall. He's clear running back one across the board. What what weaknesses are there, and that would translate to the NFL? Mm, not a whole lot. Um, I guess the only. To me, the only question was his speed. Because I've always thought of Brees Hall as a guy that just wasn't that quick. And then he gets to the combine and he posts, what, a 4-3-9? A sub 4-4? Four, four? Yeah. So to I like, I don't think there's necessarily anything wrong with Hall. Maybe there are areas of his game that he could probably just sharpen up. But I feel like that's not really a dig. To me, that's just saying, like, He's still a little bit raw, and uh, that's a great spot to be in if you're Brees Hall. Yeah. I think the big thing then, if I mean, there is a little bit of that raw element to him, right? But I think that I think also, like, uh, that also depends on a landing spot too, right? Like, I'm, like, thinking about a team, and, like, are they able to bring out the raw talent that, like, Brees Hall has? I won't say who that team is because I'm also going to, kind of transition that and ask, ask Cameron some similar questions around that for, for fantasy, hopefully. Um, so, all right, Mr. 101 in our dynasty, 
who is very clearly going to take Brees Hall with the number one overall pick. And you don't have the number one overall pick because you have the worst record. You traded for the number one overall pick. Um, so, 101 in Dynasty, where do you want Brees Hall to land for fantasy purposes? And let's be realistic. Like, let's be realistic. So where, where do you want Brees Hall to land for fantasy football purposes? So where I want him to land is Buffalo. Because um, I really think that he can take over that job from Devin Singletary. I know Singletary looked good at the end of last year, but Buffalo's never committed to Singletary. They just haven't. And um, Singletary is a little bit undersized, so I think Brees Hall kind of steps in. Maybe he doesn't get all the third down work. But in that offense, there's going to be a ton of touchdowns. And I know Josh Allen's going to take some of them, but Brees Hall's still going to have an opportunity for a crazy amount of touchdowns. Where I think he's probably going to go, I'm thinking probably Atlanta, maybe a Houston grabs him. Um, I could see both of those um, in the top. Um, but there's always those teams, you know, the Chargers or something like that, that could trade down with like the Lions at pick 32 and that Brees Hall right at the end of the first. Um, but I would say probably Falcons or Houston feels most likely to me. But I could also see them just passing on running back because they have so many other needs. This feels like the draft, <clears throat> similar to what was the, the Clyde edwards Lair, DeAndre Swift, Jonathan Taylor draft, mm-hmm. where it was like 32 was Clyde edwards Lair to Kansas City. And then after that, we saw the run of Jonathan Taylor, DeAndre Swift. I feel like we could see that potentially where – a team would trade to 32 and then all of a sudden another running back needy team is like, okay, well now we need, we need our guy and Kenneth Walker is the next guy or Isaiah spill, right? Uh, Rashad white, whoever yeah. it may be. Right. I could see that kind of happening. So uh, I'm with you there. Um, but yeah, fantasy purposes, I think, I think Buffalo for a team that needs a running back still, like realistically, I do think Buffalo might be the best spot remaining. Um, uh, what, I I scrolled too far down my notes here. Um, this is the question I really wanted to ask. Brees Hall ceiling for fantasy football. Dream situation. He lands in Buffalo. We'll, we'll talk about that first. What's his fantasy ceiling this next year? Cause I've seen people talk Brees Hall up to be top 10 off rip. Like that kind of upside for Brees Hall immediately. And that he might even crack like the top 12 in some people's rankings. Uh, I I don't know. I, I'll let you discuss that. But what, what's his what's Brees Hall's ceiling? Should he land in the ideal situation, i.e. Buffalo? I think his ceiling is Nick Chubb. And I think his ceiling is Nick Chubb in the fa- fact that that is the skill that I think he could have. Now, fantasy-wise, I don't, I don't have a great comparison off the top of my head. I, I don't know if he'll ever... You know, like if he goes to Buffalo, I just don't know if there's going to be like the perfect situation like a Jonathan Taylor where he'll be fully relied on um, enough to make him running back one. But I definitely think, I'm not saying this season, I think this season is probably top seven. Like that's just sneaking into that as his ceiling. But I'm thinking like three years down the road, he could definitely be top three and really in that discussion with Jonathan Taylor as he's kind of that 2017 draft class kind of phases out. I think that's an interesting... Again, that, go ahead. Oh, I'm sorry. No, no, no. I was going to say, again, that that's just his, that's his ceiling. Like, I think he's probably going to be closer, you know, coming back. Probably, I, I honestly think he's going to be a lot like Nick Chubb, where you know how skilled he is, but you're always just wanting a little bit more from Brees Hall to kind of, for fantasy greatness. 
I, th- I think that's an interesting comparison to, to Nick Chubb in fantasy football. That, that's an interesting one. Um, Say so he lands on the Houston Texans because that's where I think the most likely landing spot is for him, mm-hmm. early second round to Houston. How, how does that change Brees Hall's fantasy outlook then? I think he's going to nausea his way to a top seven finish. You know, <laughs> It's going to be ugly, but it's going to be insane volume where he's getting a lot of touches. Often the line's not great. Won't be great efficiency. Not high touchdown season, but he, he's just going to kind of volume his way to a top 10 finish for sure. So would you rank him top 10 then in your ranking? Should he land in Houston? Where would you rank him? Rank him. Excuse me. Can this voice crack there? Let's see. I'd probably put him in the range of where I have Leonard Fournette, James Conner, David Montgomery, and Nick Chubb. So you'd put him in that 10 to 15 range probably. 10 to 14 range, yeah. Sure, sure. I can I can agree with that. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. Yeah, I mean, because I think uh, should Brees land in a situation where he's not playing – uh, second fiddle to any not second fiddle, but even like in a in a shared backfield, um, mm-hmm. I, I think it's I think it's totally possible he could he could crack that that top fifteen for sure. Let's move on to uh, the guy who is pretty much right on Brees Hall's tail, and that is Kenneth Walker. Uh, Tyler, I come back to you then. So I, I've seen some people say they're in love with Kenneth Walker, and they would argue he's the top running back. That's more so a general public opinion than it is any like actual. NFL draft analysts that I've seen, um, they pretty much all had Brees Hall one. But how? Uh, let's be real. How far behind is Kenneth Walker from Brees Hall? Not far behind at all. I mean, like if, if let's say Brees Hall goes late one to the Bills, Kenneth Walker is probably going early two. And if Brees goes early two, Kenneth Walker is going like mid second. So he's not. He's a couple picks behind him, honestly. In, ter- in terms of talent, then how are you? How are you uh, evaluating the two in terms of talent? Uh, because I mean, clearly these teams value them very similarly. So even talent-wise, they're probably not that far apart. They're really not. I I I think the big dip. I guess maybe I'll say it. Rewind. Kenneth Walker is the best pure rusher in this draft class. Brees Hall is a good rusher. Kenneth Walker is a better rusher than Brees Hall. But I think the reason why me, you, Cam, and pretty much everyone else within like draft community has Brees at one is because he's got receiving work and the ability to break tackles is something that he has that Kenneth Walker doesn't. Kenneth Walker was rarely used in the passing game. So who knows if he's able to take on a receiving workload. Um, but like I said... He's got the best rushing talent in this running back class. So you talked about you talked about Kenneth Walker's receiving work. Uh, obviously, what he had. Correct me if I'm wrong. Twenty receptions in college, something like that. It was like nineteen. Yeah, it was like insanely low. And I'm like, how? Like you played four years of college football. Like he, like Kenneth Walker, isn't this Javante Williams spring chicken, right? Like Kenneth Walker is on the ladder of his of his draft eligibility. Um, so are you concerned about that, right? 20 receptions started his four-year college career? He was at Wake Forest and then transferred to Michigan State. How concerned are you about that lack of receiving work translating to the NFL? Like, does that limit him to a two-down back? I don't think so, because we've seen running backs be able to add in, you know, the ability to catch passes out of the backfield. And the one guy that comes to mind right away is A.J. Dillon. Everyone thought that he was solely going to be a power back 
an early down or short yardage guy. And he kind of showed people last year that he is capable and, and, that's probably the hardest. Ooh, little voice crack there. You and me um, both. Please, yes. ooh, please. <clears throat> um, no, but the 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 only thing that hinders a running back, if we're going to be completely honest, the only thing that hinders a running back from being able to handle receiving work is if they put in the work and the time to get better in the passing game. So it's just. It, it, it's just a matter of will he, and if he does, cool. He can add it to his game because he is. I mean, he's got speed. I I'm not going to say anything about his hands. That's the question we're asking, but he can be good in the passing game. It's just a matter of will he put in the time to be, you know, that good. I think I don't remember if this is Kenneth Walker specifically, but I thought I saw some high school film of him where like he actually was catching the football out of the backfield. So it's not that he doesn't have the ability, it's just that I don't the no college wanted to use that ability and like that's just not how Michigan State functioned either. They they weren't passing to Kenneth Walker out of the backfield. So I question if part of that is also scheme. Like but Tyler, I think you do sum it up perfectly of like I don't think it's a skill that Kenneth Walker can't acquire as he transitions to the NFL. Like if that's one of the things we're concerned about, like that's that's very manageable in comparison to other concerns that we could have for Kenneth Walker. So I'm behind you there. Anything else? Sorry. It looked like you wanted to add something there. So I just wanted to make sure. No, I was, you know, like I said, Kenneth Walker, there's an argument for him being RB one. Like Todd McShay has Kenneth Walker as his RB one. That is so true. Ken, Todd McShay is one that I've seen with Kenneth Walker as his RB one. So it's not, it's not too far not too far-fetched to have the argument that Walker is running back one. Yeah, no, I, I, I agree. I, Kenneth Walker, he, he's a great talent, great talent, and I think could easily produce for fantasy football. Um, so for fantasy purposes on Cameron, where where should managers want Kenneth Walker to land? Um, yep. It's kind of like a best place scenario, but like, Realistically, where should they want a, a guy of of Kenneth Walker's skill set to land? So, as far as where where like what team should take Kenneth Walker, you know, it's kind of the same teams we listed earlier. However, I think he's taken back end of the second, maybe beginning of the third. Um, and I, that's not a knock on Kenneth Walker. That's just kind of how I I feel like the draft's gonna go. I feel like someone's gonna reach on Brees, and I feel like Kenneth Walker is gonna kind of fall. Back to that end of the second, beginning of the third, which still means he's going to get plenty of usage in the NFL. Um, so I'm thinking probably maybe a Buffalo, um, the Texans, a Falcons, maybe a Chargers in this case. Ooh, um, Chargers. Oh, yeah. I just I I really believe the Chargers are going to take a running back this draft. Just with Austin Eckler getting older, they, you know they've kind of missed on some later round running backs to back him up. So I that that's a team I think you could watch. Interesting. I see. I think they'd go go for some of the later guys that we're going to talk about. Um, well, we'll yeah. get to them in a little bit. But uh, transitioning to rookie drafts now for dynasty formats, Kenneth Walker. I feel like is one that's really up for debate because it's pretty clear Brees Hall is number one in dynasty drafts. Like he, if he, if he doesn't go one on one on one, someone in your league must have a man crush on whoever does go one on one. 
But then you have all these other wide receivers. And we'll get to the wide receivers next week. We're going to do a fun little game with the wide receivers. I'm really looking forward to that episode. Um, but we have to wrap up this one first. Where are you drafting Kenneth Walker in rookie drafts amidst Brees Hall being pretty much consensus number one? Even in Superflex, Malik Willis probably being top three, top five mm-hmm. for sure. And then all these other talented wide receivers. Where are you taking where where do you think Kenneth Walker should be going in rookie drafts? So it obviously depends on landing spot a little bit for him. If he steps into a role where he's the guy this year, I'm okay, I'm okay taking him anywhere between the 102 and the 105. And it obviously depends on team needs too. If you're stacked at running back or stacked at wide receiver and you want to go running back, I think you can take Kenneth Walker earlier if he is stepping into a spot where he's going to produce earlier rather than later. However, if he comes into a Let's say the Chargers do take him. Or just another team that doesn't really need a running back right now, I'd probably hold off, but I still think like that 105 is a great spot to grab. Like would probably be the latest I'd want to see him go, maybe 106. Um, I think he'd fall right in that range. It just depends on team need and where he lands. I think that's really going to depend on the wide receivers too, right? Mm-hmm. Because I think a lot of those top wide receivers, like their situations are going to be dependent on like even the top talents, right? Like they're, they'll probably go earlier, but then, you know, a guy like Chris Olave could land in Lord, Lord willing, not Lord willing, but you know, <laughs> Kansas city, right. Or Jamison Williams and can't right? all of a sudden. Some of these other guys like might sneak their way up. Um, and some of those yep. other guys might fall. And it's just a cluster of like unknown. Um, but I would agree. I think, should I, I think Kenneth Walker probably lands to a team like Atlanta in the second round? That'd probably be my guess. Um, should he land there? Like I'm taking him. Probably, I, I'll go top five. I think if you have the team need of running back, I'm not afraid to take Kenneth Walker top five in rookie drafts. So. Let's move on to uh, another running back who was kind of the consensus running back three for fantasy formats throughout this off season, but has since kind of wavered after the combine and. Uh, other other stats of, of rookie running backs have come out. Uh, but that's Isaiah Spiller. Uh, Tyler Isaiah Spiller seemed to be, he, like I said, he was con- seemed to be consensus three at the start of this offseason in the NFL draft, too, not just fantasy. This is like NFL draft, too. Um, I, I've I've seen him all over the place. Like, I don't, I don't know how much consistency there is to Isaiah Spiller's ranking uh, across draft boards. Uh, but where is he at on yours? Um... Currently, he's my running back four, so not he's not too far behind running back three, and I do think he's kind of a third round talent. I we'll see exactly where in the third round, but um, you I like Spiller. Spiller has had a Brees Hall type career in college, just minus the touchdowns. Where Spiller's been used everywhere, and he's done everything. Um, I think it it opened people's eyes when he ran the forty at his pro day, and he finished out as like a four six four. <laughs> he plays faster than a four six four, but regardless, mm-hmm. um, like I said, he's had a Brees Hall type career, just minus the touchdowns. Yeah. So you so you talked about him going. Late, late second, early third, even. Um, is that as you say, late third, early fourth? One of those two. I know third uh, round. Is in there. 
third for sure. Yep. I would hedge more late third than early third, but I can sure. definitely see an early third. Sure. So so that's where you see him landing in the draft. Uh, any team in particular you have him landing in right now? Oh, Lucas, you're going to hate this one. No, the Denver Broncos no, would be no. a great, great no. spot for Isaiah Spiller. For fantasy managers, no, not really. But for Isaiah Spiller's sake, Denver would be a great spot. Am I promoting this? No. I'm just looking at I'm looking at depth charts. I'm looking at overall skill. Isaiah Spiller and Javante Williams would form a pretty, pretty good combination out in Mile High City. You're sick. You, you're, you sick, sick human for desiring such a downfall of my Javante Williams hype and dreams. All my dreams and hopes for Javante Williams would go down the drain for fantasy because of that. I don't disagree Consider- with anything you just said, but for fantasy football, I disagree with everything you just said. I'll just say consider this payback for the name game earlier. <laughs> Touche. Fair oh enough. My. Fair enough. Uh, <laughs> we will transition to fantasy wise, though, now for Isaiah Spiller. Uh, Cameron, is, is Isaiah Spiller going to be the third running back taken in rookie drafts, do you think? Yeah, I do think he will be. Is that just like purely talent thing and kind of where other running backs will land, or what, what makes you think that? I think both draft capital and I do think talent. Um, you know, watching Isaiah Spiller's film. I really liked his film. I thought he looked really good he out there. He looks great on film. And, and so I'm not worried about the 40, uh, to be honest. I don't I don't really think it matters for him, and I think that's a reason that he's dropping back down. I actually have Isaiah Spiller and kind of the Walker as like a 2A, 2B. I think they're pretty much, I think they're very close to how they're going to perform this year. Um, however, if Spiller moves out of the third round into the fourth round, then I would really begin to worry. If he's taking third round, I'm still all in on Spiller. But if NFL teams are going, eh, we don't really want this guy, and they're backing off of him, because then, I mean, once you get fourth round or later, you're not guaranteed. You're not really guaranteed playing time. That's Michael Carter. We saw that with him. That's Michael Carter range, yes. who is like, I think we're grateful to get a running back thirteen from him in weeks four to eleven, right? But that's no guarantee. 100%. That's no guarantee with him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. So then, in terms of redraft, right? Dynasty, we we, we talk about, right? Because Spiller does have long term value. Then, right? Young rookie running back. In terms of redraft value, you think Isaiah Spiller will will hold any value there? Because running backs, like as I'm like working on my rankings, like it really thins out after like running back like thirty thirty five. Mm-hmm. Um, so, is there any opportunity for Isaiah Spiller to have any redraft value this year? It, I mean, Lanny spot for Lanny spot really depends. Or, well, oh my goodness! Words, wow, I just hard. messed up every Five word. Thoughts um, just hit your head at once. <laughs> yes, like, no kidding. <laughs> so I really think that it's all dependent on landing spot for Isaiah Spiller. I've been saying that this whole podcast, but for this season, it really is for all these running backs. You know, um, Brees Hall doesn't matter landing spot. He's going to be a great dynasty asset no matter what. But for redraft this year, it does because it depends on what the volume they're going to get. Um, I do think in the right spot where if he could be the guy, even if he's first and second down guy, you know, I think we could see a top 24 season from Isaiah Spiller, um, a top 20 season that, but I'm saying the ideal spot, you know, where he falls somewhere and he is taking the first and second round, because like you said, it opens way up once you get past 15. I, 
<laughs> me and Lucas's face when you said top 24 and then you doubled down and yeah, you said yeah. top 20. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't even like top 25 to 30. It was like top 20. Like we're talking like so so at that point I'm just going to throw out a few names. Like we're we're talking like J.K. Dobbins, Cam Akers, Antonio Gibson, Michael Carter, Aaron Jones, like that range. Hey, I'm not trying to I expose think... you or anything, but I'm like I'm also just so, like so, trying to put no, it in no, reference because no. I feel like here's the thing I feel like we do this all the time where it's like this guy, top twenty five guy. Like I did that with Christian Kirk, and I'm like, and then mm. I look at it and I rank him, and I'm like, he might not even be top thirty. So I could see him finishing over an Aaron Jones, over a um, who's the other guy you said. Michael Carter for sure, yep. if he's in a spot where, like I said, he's getting the first and second down work. I don't think he's going to be the three down back, especially this year. He might transition into that, but this year I don't see that happening. But he needs to be in a spot where he's getting that volume. If he's under 200 carries and not not a chance, then I think he's outside the top 30. That's fair. I I, I, I see where you're coming from there because I think there is an argument, like mm-hmm. as I continue to scroll down some of these players, the, the Miles Sanders of the world, Clyde Edward, Clyde Edwards Elaire. Chris Carson and Rashad Penny, Damian, um, I'd have Damian Harris higher, but Tony Pollard, Melvin Gordon, Matt Wright, then you start getting the handcuffs at that point. So, I mean, I think it it, it sounds crazy yep. to say top 25 off rip, but like as you once you get past 30, I feel like you're playing darts at that point with some guys. Well, yeah, because the running backs right now feel really deep, but they hit a drop-off so quickly, you know? I mean, because you're listening to guys that you're like Antonio Gibson, like, whoa, do I have James J.K. Dobbins at 19. I'm I'm barely fitting Josh Jacobs inside my top 20, and then you hit like 22, and you're like, I have no more running backs. I believe right. That. You still you have know? like then then you hit the like Travis Etns, and where it's like they yeah. could be they could be big, but also big question mm-hmm. mark. Kareem Hunt, Elijah Mitchell, A.J. Dillon, right? Yep. You hit that range then where it's like anything could happen with those guys. Yeah. Well, and I'm like calculating an injury too. I mean, you look at this last season. Yeah. I mean, you missed your six year top 10 running backs were out for over half the season. Right. So, right. Yeah. I mean, I, when you, when you do put it like that, I mean, right landing spot will be key, obviously. Right. That's, that's the whole phrase. That's the, the, the phrase of the episode is landing spot will be dependent here. Um, I think that'll be less so with wide receivers, wide receivers, wide receivers. It's more the ranking than it is like fantasy production, mm-hmm. if you will, like where they'll actually be. Um, yeah. At any rate, uh, we have a whole other list of rookie running backs here. We're not even going to talk about them. Uh, we're already 50 minutes into this podcast, and we, we're, we're going to wrap it up here. But I want to get a few thoughts on some of these other rookie running backs. There's been a lot of Rashad White hype recently. Um, part of that is like just public stat pushing, but I also think there is some r- like real raw talent there. I, I, I do really like Rashad White. Uh, Kyron Williams, obviously, at Notre Dame. You have James Cook from Georgia, Zamir White, Brian Robinson Jr., Damian Pierce. We could go on a whole rant of guys. There's there's a ton of other guys we could talk about, and I think there are going to be a lot of late round, like mid to late round guys that are going to be worth taking a shot on in dynasty leagues this year. Um, but Tyler, what order do you have those rookie running backs? Because so you even said you have Spiller at four. So even right, it, mm-hmm. it, it's kind of it's Brees Hall one, Kenneth Walker two. Take me three through Damian Pierce or Brian Rock, whoever was the lowest on your on your board there. Yeah, I would like to introduce y'all to Mr. Pierre Strawn Jr. out of the he's out another of South, one South Dakota State University. He's my number. He's my running back three. He's um, your three. He's my three. This this dude, this brother. Hold on, uh, hold, is hold. going to be a problem. Turn 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 the camera on. We, we this is clippable right here. Go, Tyler. Just go. 
go. I feel like this is a very like unpopular hot take here. So, so as Look, Bill Simmons Pierre- would say, Kyle, turn the camera on. <laughs> <laughs> Look, my only argument for Pierre Strong being running back three, I really shouldn't say argument, but the the major, major, major argument that I have for him, according to PFF, Pierre Strong had the highest zone grade run out of all running backs in this draft. And you know what's the most popular type of scheme, run scheme specifically in the NFL? It's a zone scheme. So there will be suitors for Pierre Strong. And Pierre Strong was one of the more productive running backs last year. So just saying. Just saying. What kind of production? I maybe a little bit. Um let me uh let me pull it up real quick. Um Give me a second. Here we go. Um, Almost 1,700 yards, 18 touchdowns, 22 receptions on 34 targets. I wanted that for Cameron's reaction. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. Dude ran a 4-3-7-2? Holy cow. Yeah. This dude is going to be a problem in the NFL. So, Mr. Pierce, Strawn Jr. at number three for y'all. Then Isaiah Spiller at four. I've got the Georgia running backs going back-to-back. James Cook at 5 and Zamir White at 6. Then we've got Rashad White at 7, Damian Pierce at 8, Brian Robinson Jr. out of Alabama at 9, and Kyron Williams finishing up my top 10 at 10. Wow, and there's been, like, decent Kyron Williams hype, too, for fantasy. Like, I think he's still, like, 4 or 5 on most fantasy boards, and I think that's got to change. Mm. He, I mean, he he's going to be a pass catcher. Yeah, in the NFL, so there's going to be some PPR value there for sure, and that's probably why. Because you look at Damian Pierce, Brian Robinson, maybe maybe even Samir White, those may be just run dominant running backs, and we've saw we've seen that just not play out, not transition well in PPR. That's a big disclaimer in PPR only standard. It's fine, but still, um, James Cook, Rashad White, Kyron Williams. They're going to find some receiving work wherever they go. Thank hey Cameron. If you had to choose any of those guys, fantasy relevant wise next year, which one are you picking? I'm picking Zamir White. I re- I'm a real fan of Zamir White. I think he is. I mean, Ty, Ty threw it out earlier. I mean, he led the, uh, not, I guess not on the pod, but to me and Lucas, led the NFL. Oh my gosh, I cannot talk. Zamir White led rookie running backs in the broad jump, which is an explosive stat. And. Just watching him at Georgia, he plays like a man amongst boys. He's not that much bigger than everyone else, but he does play big. Um, you know, there is injury risk there. He's torn both ACLs, and I think that's kind of what holds him back. A um, little foreshadowing to next week. I do think he's a lot like a teammate he had in Georgia, George Pickens, where injuries are kind of holding them down the draft board, and I do think that they're going to play a lot better in the NFL. Also, Zamir White did split a lot of time with James Cook, and they have another running back in Georgia. So we didn't really get to see Zamir White with a full workload, and I really think he could command a full workload in the NFL. I'm trying to find – I'm really in on Rashad White, and I've, I've been seeing I, – I saw this stat somewhere, and I don't remember where it is. I don't remember where it is. Here it is. Is it his receiving all, work? All, all power five running backs with at least 90 uh, rushing yards per game and 40 receiving yards per game in a single season since 2013. 2013, Todd Gurley. 
2015 Christian McCaffrey, 2016 Joe Mixon, 2017 Saquon Barkley, 2021 Rashad White. I don't like basing a pick on that stat alone, but I'll tell you what, uh, I see a lot of t- running back ones on that list. I see a, yep. I see an overall running back one finish from Todd Gurley. I see an overall running back one finish from Christian McCaffrey and a number two overall running back finish. Uh, and I see a number one running back finish from Saquon Barkley. I'm not saying Rashad White's a running back one. That is not what I'm saying whatsoever. But uh, if I'm if I'm going off of some of those stats, I think I think there's more upside to Rashad White than uh, that I may meet. So uh, that would be that would be my pick personally. With that, any anything we want to add on any of these rookie running backs before we before we dip out? I'm good. I think we I think we covered our bases as best we could this episode. Yeah. Thanks for uh, – well, here. Actually, here's what I'm going to do. If you want to see where these r- rookie running backs go in the NFL draft, see if any of them go first round. If Fabrice Hall or Kenneth Walker goes first round, uh, you can tune into our live draft episode happening in two weeks from probably when you're listening to this episode uh, on Thursday. We'll probably release this tomorrow morning because it is too late for me to upload it right now. Um, you'll, you'll be, uh, you can tune into our live draft podcast on April 28th, we'll be going live on TikTok and YouTube at 7 p.m. We'll, rec- we'll be recording the podcast live. We'll probably have two parts of uh, first half of the first round, second half of the first round, so we don't just have one three-hour mega episode. Uh, we're looking forward to it. This is going to be awesome. Uh, we're going to be breaking down each pick live, um, every single pick, right? Even though we're doing fantasy football here, we're, we're, we all love the game of football and if there's any fancy relevance involved, obviously we'll break it down there too. So uh, we're looking forward to that. Make sure you join us for that. Put it on your calendar, April 28th, 7 p.m. We'll be live on YouTube and TikTok. You can go sign up on our TikTok as well for our live event. It's right on our right, big button on our profile. You can't miss it. Uh, anything we want to, anything y'all got to say before we uh, close out this episode? No masters this weekend to keep discuss. Fighting the good keep, fight. fight, keep fighting the good fight. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> oh brother. <laughs> we need to put that on a t-shirt. Put, put it on a T-shirt. Oh, remember when that was a phase we a phrase we used on this on this podcast? <laughs> I love it. Put on a t-shirt. Put on a T-shirt. I love it. Well, thanks for tuning in to another episode of the Fantasy Football Fellas. Uh, make sure to subscribe and get all notifications of our podcast so you don't miss any fantasy football content this offseason. We're coming out with an episode every week. We'll be going every two episodes every week towards the start of the season. Uh, you can give us a follow on socials, FF Fellas on Twitter, the FF Fellas on Instagram, Fantasy Football Fellas on YouTube and TikTok. Uh, I need to throw a silly because uh, while we were in this episode, we hit 35K on TikTok. Yeah. We're at 35K on TikTok. We have been growing immensely quick on there. So thank you for all of you who have come from TikTok and listened to our podcast. We are so grateful for you. We are so grateful for all 35,000 of you. That's no small thing considering – where we were at about a year ago thinking where this thing could potentially be. So we're, we're excited for what the next year is going to bring. We're excited for the next 35K. Uh, we're excited for, for, for all this. So thanks, thanks for riding along with us. This has been, this has been a fun journey so far. So uh, look, we're just three stooges being dudes. We're the fancy football fellas. Uh, thanks for tuning in. We'll see you all next week. Deuces. Deuces. Deuces.